Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, it's episode 24 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and the Podcast Network. Your host with Rich Howe and Colin Bluen. How are you guys doing tonight after watching that game against the Florida Panthers? Oh, just swell. <laughs> Dandy. Just swell. Peachy. Dandy. Peachy we got we got, sw- we got swell, peachy, and dandy, I'm hearing. Well, yeah, you, you know that was a rough game the- to watch there. I was gonna say, you know that meme where the dog is like everything's on fire on the dog, and it's like everything's fine. That, that, that's that's us right now. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's fine. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, because hey, we're what I said going into this game, and really what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. We've been saying this on the Catfish and Ice podcast is we're here for you, Preds fans. We're not going anywhere. We are going to stick with you on this wild ride, this crazy ride, this kind of depressing ride. Honestly, we're still going to be here. We're still Preds fans. We still care about the team. We're not going anywhere. We're going to see all the changes that are about to happen, most likely, with this team. But let's go ahead and give you what's on tap for tonight. So this is the Catfish and Ice Podcast. We are bringing you Episode 24, Chad Minton, Colin Bloom, and Rich Howe. Rich Howe, we're your hosts. And this is what we got on tap. So we're going to obviously talk about this past week and what's happened with the Preds. They lost to Carolina, which is clearly a better team than them, on Tuesday. And we just got done watching the Preds lose another heartbreaker to the Florida Panthers that was a wild game. We have a ton to unpack about that game we just watched, yeah. mainly against the Florida Panthers. So we're going to dive into all that, talk about what we saw with that. We're going to respond to a fellow podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network because we have to. We can't We can't just take a strike from a fellow podcast and not respond. So the St. Louis Blues podcast called The Blues Notes, we're going to respond to them. We're going to put that uh, right at the beginning of the episode. We're going to get into that really quick here. And then we're also going to end with a little Preds trivia because everyone loves some good Preds trivia. Everyone says they're diehard Preds fans, but there's some really good uh, questions out there. And all three of us are going to test each other's knowledge on some good Preds trivia. I promise you, none of us have shared the questions we're about to ask each other. Like, we don't know what we're going to ask each other. And they're multiple choice. That's going to be at the end of the episode. And then also, if you listen to the podcast tomorrow, we're going to put that full episode out tomorrow on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the platforms. We also have an awesome uh, interview and guest, CJ Wodashek, who lives up in Milwaukee, covers the Admirals, is a Predlines.com contributor as well. He's got, we had an awesome interview with him covering – all the prospects that are moving up into the NHL and also the ones playing for the Chicago Wolves. So that will be at the very end of the episode when you download the podcast tomorrow. So, first of all, we are presented by DraftKings. So go get the down uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code THPN. And when you do that, you can bet on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot and use those 100-to-1 odds. You win bet $1 and you win $100 if a basketball team hits – a three-point shot. That's any team, any game in the in basketball hits a three-point shot. 
So go get the down, uh, the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our promo code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. New, new customers only. Restrictions apply. And those winnings will be paid out in 25 bets for $25 bets so you can go out there and have a lot of fun on an easy bet just hit a three-point shot uh, see draftkings.com sportsbook for more details and if you do have a gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-WITH-IT or in Virginia 888-532-3500 so let's go ahead and open this episode up right now let's go ahead and pull the gloves off and let's go ahead and respond to our fellow podcast on key podcast network and that's the Blue Notes Pod. Blues Notes Pod. They cover the St. Louis Blues. Hey, that's a fun rivalry. The, the Blues have always been in the press division up until this season. And they you can go out there and look look up this clip for yourself. Look up their part of their episode. And hey, we love all of our podcasts. We all have different ways of doing things. But they when when you throw shade at my home city of Nashville, I'm gonna respond. I'm a Nashville native, love my city. Love my predators. I don't even live there, and I love the city. And and the quote I can't get over is, quote, unquote, people from Nashville are a special kind of stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, hey. I'm from Nashville, and I have a master's degree in education. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. doing all right. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the whole Southern hockey thing, hey, we're used to it. We're built for it. We get plenty of uh, Southern jokes, all that. Hey, it's all in good fun. Hey, we all have fun. We all do the trash talk thing, so no problem there. But I do have plenty to throw back at the St. Louis Blues. And and, and just, you know, like, here's my thing about St. Louis Blues fans. And I'm not saying every St. Louis Blues fans because obviously I haven't met every Blues fan. But here's what I see overwhelmingly ever since they won the Stanley Cup. Their first Stanley Cup in 53 seasons. It took you 53 seasons to finally win a Stanley Cup, and now all of a sudden you want to stick your chest out and think that you're like a blue blood of the NHL? I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, you're so emboldened, and that's great, but you're also, quote-unquote, okay, I'll call you a Midwestern hockey team. You're not a Southern team if we want to get really technical about it. But really? Are you you want to stick your chest out that much? So I'm sorry. One Stanley Cup in 53 seasons. Your overall playoff record is 182 wins, 218 losses. So I mean, yeah, you got that one Stanley Cup, and now all of a sudden you want to stick your chest out. I used to actually see a lot of resi- com- uh, common ground with St. Louis Blues fans before they won the Stanley Cup. I was like, hey, we're both looking for that first cup. Like yep. Blues fans, they're diehard. They're they're very passionate fans. Can't take that away from them. And when they won that cup, I was actually kind of happy for them. I was like, awesome. The Blues finally got one. It's always nice to see a team that hasn't won one over a team that's won plenty of them. But, man, some of these fans, they're like, they got a whole new set of confidence and cockiness to them ever since they won that first Stanley Cup. So, I just – I'm sorry. Like, I feel like a lot of it is – a little overblown. Yeah, I mean, I just got to get my shots in. I, I, I want to say, first of all, that St. Louis barbecue is overrated. Budweiser, but Bud Light might as well be beer water. I mean, I'm just going to oh, put that out there. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to all the Anheuser-Busch stands. 
Uh, and I just, you know, the best part about uh, best part about St. Louis is when you leave it and you get to watch the arch in the background. <laughs> That's true. That's a good one. So yeah, so I watched I watched the clip and like I really found that their their banter was pretty refreshing and witty. <laughs> I did. I did, and I'm lying. Um, yeah, the whole refreshing and witty. Yeah, refreshing and witty, and using the whole the stereotypical, you know the the incestuous relationship and the the meth making come on if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna come up you got to come up with something better than that i mean yeah exactly too too much but, but you know hey we got you dolly parton you, you don't come for us we got dolly parton that's yeah all we do have dolly time. parton dolly parton is yeah we got some ammo here we got treasure. dolly parton we have johnny cash too exactly but you got jack white also jack white yeah. down there I mean, come on but let's go let's go back to the let's go back to the actual hockey rink you can't blame them for being a little butt hurt and upset because we did beat them four out of four times last season, even though we really weren't a good team last season. Um, So that's got to probably tick them off a little bit. They do have that Stanley cup. Congratulations. You can throw that in our faces. We're used to it. Uh, We've dealt with Pittsburgh Penguins fans plenty. So um, Chicago Blackhawks, they throw it in our face. We get it. We don't have a Stanley cup, but we also haven't been around for 53 years. So that's all I got to say about that. But anyway, We want to throw them out. They are a fellow podcast, Blue Nose yep. Pod. They're awesome. I'm not saying that they're bad people or anything like that, but you no. can't come and strike at us on the Catfish and Ice podcast yeah. and expect us not yeah. to respond. And We're be gonna like, respond and be like, and they're like, "Tee hee hee!" I used a swear word. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Rich, oh, Mike, Rich Mike just said it perfectly. Mike Twitter is commented. He said, "We also have Mookie bets." There you go. Oh, that's a good one. We have a lot. Hey, we can go. Yep. We can spend a whole hour talking about all the all, all the people we have. People want to move to Nashville. Nobody's clamoring to move to St. Louis. Drop drop the mic there. That's that's all. There you, you go. Say. Yeah. There we go. I but at the same time, we do welcome the St. Louis Blues back in into the division because yes. we proved last season that no, no matter how terrible we are, we can obviously still play with the Blues. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, and there's nothing, you know, there's I, nothing, nothing sweeter than seeing Jordan Bennington get scored yeah. on. Yeah, I mean we, we 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 can spend a whole episode throwing shade at the St. Louis Blues, but we're going to move past it. But we had to respond. We weren't going to take yep. that strike, that first strike from them, and not respond. So uh, Blue Nose Pod, you're more than happy, more than welcome to come back at us if you want to. But we're going to move past that, and now we're going to we're going to focus on our own issues now, our in-house issues. And that yep. is our team, the National Predators, who have their own set of problems. We all know it. And that they just took another really brutal loss to the Florida Panthers. Um, they lost Tuesday since the last time we talked to you all in episode 23. They also lost to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, these are carbon copy games for me, almost. I mean, they, they went out a little bit differently. They were a higher scoring game against Florida Panthers tonight. But they were very similar in the way they, they played out. Both yeah. games, the Preds showed how inferior they were to the competition, but then they show that fight. They show, hey, we're not going to lay down. We're going to come back. Don't turn that TV off just yet because we have something for you. And they did it against the Carolina Hurricanes where they fell behind 3 nothing and made it 3-2 in the third period, lost 4-2 after an empty net goal, and then tonight. Tonight was just – Tonight was one of the wildest games we've watched all season, in my opinion. I mean, it was just like you just. But there's before I go to you guys real quick. 
there's two plays that stick out to me that really changed this game. And then we're going to go to Colin first on, on all of his thoughts. The two, two plays that really are just like, wow, this is what changed this game. The Borowiecki interference call mm-hmm. where he just, for me, it just felt like he didn't have an idea of where he was out on the ice. He got a little too aggressive. It was clearly an interference call. It was, uh, it put the Preds on the penalty kill and Florida made him pay. And then also that Roman Yossi slashing call. He was frustrated, took a cup. He was taking the business from the Florida Panthers player and he, he got caught for that retaliation. You can call it whatever you want to call it in terms of was it a bad call or not, ticky-tack, but he got called for it. He got caught. Those those two plays changed this game. So, Colin, just uh, kind of give me your thoughts, man. You know, just kind of to kind of build a bridge between both these segments, you know, at least for as much as Pekka has to put up with, you know, in front of him and the bad play in front of him, at least he doesn't act like Jordan Bennington does when he gets pulled from the, when the Sharks game, I just got to say, I've never seen, I've never seen Pekka try to karate chop the air. So uh, anyways, you know, that's what happens when you have a goalie. That's not an actual burn, man child, but, burn, uh, burn. but I feel bad for Pekka. We're all, we're all rocking Pekka's jerseys. We're, we all got, you know, we're, we're doing it in solidarity for the guy. Cause he just, He's playing as best he can. Like he's not going to look like he did when he won the Vesna, but at the same time, he's not playing bad hockey. He's not being. He's not a bad goaltender. He's being put in situations where he just he, he can't. The team cannot help him out. I don't get it. I mean, the very first goal of the night was kind of like the tone setter because we had so many bodies in front of the net and they're just chipping away at the puck and nobody clears it and they just they dunk it in and it's just it's frustrating to see because he's not playing bad. He's not the reason we're losing. Our defense has not shown up. It's really been the microcosm of the, you know, the first period or even the second period where we just, we come out flat and we don't turn it on to the third period and, you know, say what you want about the end of the game with uh, the yeah, Philip Forsberg goal getting uh, carted off, which by the way, we've got a shirt out for him. We're going to talk about a little bit later, but um, say what you want about Forsberg's goal being called off because of Roman Yossi's slash, which, you can argue it wasn't. He didn't even make contact. It looked like, or if it did, it was most minimal contact. But you know, the refs don't. You don't put yourself in a situation where the refs can can put you in that in that position. If we had not let them score five goals on us in the two periods, you know, and the three periods leading up to that, we wouldn't be in that situation. We would have been up. We would have been up. We would have been winning. So it's just it's frustrating. And as much as people want to blame the refs or want to blame this side or the other. We gotta look at ourselves. We gotta look in the mirror. And team's gotta do some soul searching. Chad, I know you made a great point during the game and on Twitter about you know it, the fact that what's scarier is what is it what Heinz is saying to the team in the intermissions to try to get them back into the game, or is it the fact that the guys aren't listening and they're not you know responding? Yeah. Either way, something's not right. And yeah. you know they can say what they want, give us a coach speak, give us a general manager speak, but something something's not right there. Yeah, um, team might not be talented, but they 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 can they're better than what we've seen. Yeah, I agree. Like, I was thinking about it. Like, if I had a nickel for every time we've said play a full sixty minutes, I would probably have a lot of money right now. It you just, would be able it, to buy Pred season tickets. I know yeah. it is. It is beyond me why they cannot drill that into their heads. Like, if you come out strong, they they've proven it before. They come out and play a good first solid first period, and it carries over the rest of the periods, and it's good. But for some reason, they just cannot get that in their heads, and. I, I think it's like you said, I don't know if it's they're not listening to, to Hines or, or, or he's lost the, the locker room or, or what's happening or they're just not executing. But it's just it's, it's really oh, tough man. to see. And it's tough to see, like we said, 
Pekka getting hung out to dry. Well, I mean, we're not we're not in that locker room, so we don't know no. exactly what's going on back there. We're not going to pre- pretend like we do know what's going on. No. But one of the things we can say is some there is a disconnect. I mean, you can't argue that. I mean, you can't you can't consistently open up games the way the Preds open up games and say mm-hmm. there's not a disconnect. So you love it that they come back and they don't give up. That's all great. That's all well and good. But we're not watching a JV team here. We're not watching a team where we look at it and think, oh, hey, I'm I'm so happy you made that strong effort. You tried your best. Awesome. No, we're 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 not like that here. And you know, we expect more out of this franchise. And so um it, that we keep seeing the same rerun every mm-hmm. game. And so it, it is. But th- that's what we saw tonight. I mean, the Panthers, I will say first, let me put this out there right now because I'll call myself out when I'm wrong. I was completely wrong on the Florida Panthers going same. into the season. I saw them as a team very similar to the Preds, like one of those teams where it's like, okay, you're a French playoff team. You might squeeze in and get that fourth spot if everything breaks right for you. They're right up there with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They play just they as have fast plenty of, and physical. They have plenty of they have plenty of weapons. They have uh, they they're balanced. They do a lot of really good things. Well, the only thing about the Panthers where sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't know if this team can go as far as uh, Stanley Cup is their goaltending. And the Preds did did that tonight. I mean, they got some goals. They did, but yep. but still, I did. I did underestimate the Panthers uh, significantly, so I will call myself out on that. Um, but what what uh, what Colin was saying about Hines is, I just see it as this team has no identity. There's no chemistry. It's not all on Hines. He can't control everything. But I do see it. There's no chemistry. I, and I put something out, basically saying you have you can't help but wonder. If there's players on this team, and I'm not calling out a particular player because I don't know, but you you have you can't help but wonder: Are there players on this team right now who already know that they're probably their days are numbered on this team, and maybe they're not putting out maximum effort because these are humans; they're not robots. They 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 think just like we think as humans. There might be they might not be putting out maximum effort right now. Some of these players who who see behind closed doors. That that maybe they're not going to be on this team in a couple weeks. You just don't know, but that's what I see on the ice. I don't see maximum effort. I don't. Well, yeah. except I mean, for except from Ekholm, he's yeah. putting maximum effort. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, people. Someone tweeted out that said, you know, Ekholm look, looks like he's trying to play, like he wants to stay in Nashville. And someone says, no, I think that's how it's. He wants to leave, and he's trying to say, look at me, you can get me, because he's putting up the numbers. Yeah. I mean, he's he's he he's got a three point, a three goal streak. So I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's unfortunate that, and. That, that Ekholm goal was a rocket launcher. I mean, that was yeah. like yeah. a blast. I mean, yeah. if that thing missed, if if that thing missed the missed the net and hit the eye, hit the glass, I'm I'm like, that's gonna be like a shatter. He's got a like, Shea Weber esque. He's got a Shea Weber esque to his he shot. And he, he's got he can really launch it. But I will say, I mean, even the guys that you would expect to kind of give up or phone it in a little bit, like like uh, Arvidsson. Arvidsson came out like a man possessed in the late second period mm-hmm. and really the third period. It, it you know translated to an assist for him, so I'm very happy to see that. But you still wish that he could just produce or just take it to the net and score like he used to do, and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah. And even Johansson, Johansson's still showing fight. I think 
the guys are trying. I, I really think that there's it's chemistry and the system just doesn't work for the, the talent that we have. I think their skill set maybe with a different system might be better, but as far as how the team is constructed versus the system they're playing, it doesn't work. I think it's also important to draw the distinction between – I'm not saying they're giving up by any means. I don't think any of these athletes are giving up. I think that sometimes subconsciously maybe there's not 100% maximum effort going on in that on this team right now because it is a team in flux, because it is a team that has no identity, because it is a team that doesn't know where it's going right now. That's, that's more or less what I'm seeing. I'm not I'm – not, I'm not, uh, accusing this team of giving up. I, I would never do that because I think that would be a clown accusation to make because I'm not in that locker room. I can't climb in these players' heads. So I'm not saying that, but I do think that maybe there's not maximum effort going out, out on that ice right now, and it's because I do respect so many of these players on this team because mm-hmm. I do know what these players can produce. I know what Ryan Johansson can produce. I know what Matt Duchesne can produce. I know what some of these players can produce – that aren't necessarily showing it. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, I got to, I got to give a a very niche shout out as far as just like the talking about where they're at mentally, Uh, very niche shout out to Vicki Wolseley, who is the predators team psychologist or sports psychologist. Cause she's got to be putting in a lot of hours right now. I mean, it's just, it it definitely is. It seems like a mental game, like especially when they come out in the first and second periods, it just seems like we can't get out of our own way. It's not even that they're beating us. It's that we're beating ourselves. And so I, I agree with you there, Chad. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at sorry. I was just going to say, you look at Matt Deshane, every game, you, you, he, you see it on his face. You know, he, he mouths the words. He's, he's mad. And he has every right to be mad. I'm sure he's very upset. It's just – I just can't imagine, like, we talk about it a lot, and it's talked about on Twitter, and people say, you know, you suck and you're, you're not any good. And just imagine being in his headspace of like, I'm a professional hockey player and I'm struggling, and just it's you, you can just you can just see that, that they're upset, and it's got to be for for what we feel, hundred times worse for those guys. Yeah, well, I just saw uh, in our comments, you know, we've been talking about Heinz a little bit. And, uh, uh, Big Ten Durham just said, saw one of the journalists mention the thought of letting Carl Taylor take the reins. Um, what are our thoughts? You know, I, I don't want to call for Heinz's job just yet. We're still not I'm, not, I'm still not in that place as much as I'm kind of like thinking, okay, maybe it's time for a change, but I'm not in there yet. But, you know, Carl Taylor has some familiarity with the guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, they, if that were to happen, I think if we were to make a change, I think that we learned from last year and we don't make a quick, hasty decision unless it's go on. I'm going to throw that little nugget in there. <laughs> Uh, but if it's not, I, I would say, you know, Carl Taylor has that familiarity. Um, he's not really, he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's not doing much right now because the Admirals aren't playing. So that's kind of where I'm at with that, but I'm not ready to do that just yet. I just, I, I want to see the guys, they, they have talent. I mean, like these guys have talent, you know, if we send some of these guys to other teams, they're going to start producing. And so yeah. it's just, you know, why can't they do that with us? That's kind of where we're at and it's frustrating. And I can't, I can't imagine getting into the psychology of it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Duchesne does, he, he smacks his stick on the ice. He says some, some wordy dirds and, and you can see the frustration and you can't imagine. I'm sure he gets, he sees the comments on Twitter and all those places. And, and it's just, it's, I wouldn't even chalk it up to him either. Like he's trying, you see the effort. Oh, yeah, I think I totally. see more from him this year than I have from, than last year, even as far as effort goes, it's just, it's not clicking. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you talk so, about, I mean, just go ahead, go ahead, Rich. No, I was just going to say real quick, you talk about, you know, if these guys get shipped off to, to other teams, they're going to start producing like, 
Boston picked up Tenorti off waiver waivers and he's he they stuck him on the third line and like he's played like two games now and he actually looked good. I mean he almost scored actually almost scored a goal. <laughs> he actually and it's like, looked good. <laughs> he did. I mean really like he said you guys that, know. The way he said that about. was just so oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. He I mean, actually looks good. He did. <laughs> We uh, we've, from, we've seen the frustration watching him play before, yeah. and, and now it's a different – well, he said it's not really a different system, but it's just a different opportunity. And he, he well, I watched a little bit of his clips from Boston, and I'll say uh, my comparison was that when he played for us, it was like watching a Mack truck in the left lane going yeah. to the speed limit, whereas when, when with Boston, he looks more like a 15-passenger van that's at least going the speed limit in the left lane. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like talk about tonight's game. The way it opened up, it was like – turnover or giveaway after giveaway turnover after turnover and it's like it's like Rene I hope you're ready right off the jump because I mean they were just feasting Wait. on Rene five and he shots kept on goal zero, zero. yeah he kept it zero zero for a while I mean uh yeah I mean it was just a lot of turnovers a lot of sloppy play the, the nuts that like we're used that, to that- that, that five shots on goal in the first five minutes and then in the second period three shots on goal within 35 seconds like the and then you also constant duress. And then you also saw a ton of missed shots by the mm-hmm. Preds where they can't even hit the net. It's like you're not even forcing the goaltender to make a save. It's like yeah. those are the things you see with this team right now where it's like it's like infuriating. It's like what's mm-hmm. going on? But then they make that response, you know? It's like you can't turn off the TV. No. You can't stop watching with this team. No. Because I mean, you just you just the way you saw it play out, it's like, okay, they have a chance. They have a chance. How about that uh, setup t- by Brad Richardson to uh, Cold Sissons? Johansson. Oh, I yeah, mean, Johansson, yeah. Or, yeah, that was the Sissons, right? Yeah. It, it was nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was good to see him back in the lineup and he was contributing and he had some. Brad Richardson's just a smart player. You got to appreciate yeah. that, especially on a guy that's on your fourth line to be able to win the face off the way he does. I was frustrated at that very end of the game where oh, no. he was tossed out because the ref just couldn't throw the freaking puck down yeah right um, but yeah. you know brad richardson's he's a face-off specialist arguably one of our best face-off guys on the team and he makes smart plays smart passes um maybe not necessarily like physically up to being on you know the top three lines but for being on the fourth line he could do a lot worse so i, I appreciate that and and hey what what he said at the end of i think the first period in that interview was pretty telling i mean he he literally yeah. used the word soft yep <laughs> And he, he called out the entire team, including himself. He said we. So, I mean, I'm not saying he was calling out a particular player or anything like that. It's not groundbreaking stuff. But to use that term in professional sports as a professional athlete about your team, yeah. you don't just say that if you don't mean it. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it's true, though. It's, you know, when we're playing, we're coming out it. the first period. I respect him period. saying that. Yeah. yeah. They're soft until the third period. Yeah. When it's too late. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, I mean, even it's, though, even yeah. though the Preds were only down two nothing at the end of that first period, it was almost like you already knew what the end result was going to be. Yeah, and oh, you know, it ended up being it ended up being like a high scoring game, five four. And you're going to look at that final score if you didn't watch the game and think, "Wow, the Preds really like they really pushed them. Like, good for them." Mm-hmm. But it's so misleading. It's yeah. so misleading. And that's sad to say, but it's true because it was like it was one of those things where the Preds just couldn't get out of their way, out of their own way. And so, I mean, I, I still can't get over the Borowiecki penalty. 
and that's the trade-off you take with a player like him. He does so many things well. He blocks shots. He's an intimidator. He's a he's he gets hits. He does all these good intangible things that you love about him. But you also have to realize he's one of those types of players that's going to take penalties like that. And he just so happened to take a really bad penalty at a really bad time tonight when the Preds so was, were just start when they were just oh. starting to get some momentum and they were just starting to make their scheduled comeback that they always have to make. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say tonight was probably Burakov's worst game of the season, just from a stats standpoint. When you look at the box score, um, yeah. he he has not had a game like as bad as tonight's, you know, until tonight. So that that's. It's frustrating to see that regression there. It's you know it's just frustrating across the board. But you know it's it, at this point it's kind of like what do we do? You know we, our next our next few games we're going through the gauntlet. We got Panthers. Yeah. We got you know we got. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna look good. I mean you look at our next few schedule games. And I know Poli said you know we're, we're, Poil said we're gonna wait for the next you know couple of weeks to see what happens. No. You look at the next couple of weeks. I, I can I can probably tell you if I'm a betting I can probably tell you what's going to happen. I just yeah. I think the frustration for me is seeing these late comebacks and then not seeing them at least translate to one point from overtime. Like we're not even getting to that point. We're yeah. putting all this emotional energy into it, all the physical energy into it, and then nothing to show for it. Well, I guess what's bad is like you know they were doing well staying out of the penalty box, and now they're they're I think they're playing desperate. So that's you know when yep. you play desperate, you're going to make more mistakes because you're trying to you know get an advantage and. Just those penalties are just killer. I mean, that, like you said, that Borvieski penalty and then the phantom call on Yossi, that was ridiculous. I mean, Gouda like boarded him twice and then Yossi didn't even hit him. And, but you know, it is what it is. You know, it's the ref called it. The ref called it. The ref called it. The ref was watching. It's a tough penalty to take because you, you, you look at Yossi and you're like, can I get a superstar call maybe? I don't know. Mm Like, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I think you should call the game the way it's supposed to be called. But at the yep. same time, it's just it, – it is. It's a perfect term to use there, Rich, is phantom call because, I mean, it had nothing to do with the – the goal that was scored, it had nothing to do with the play. That's yeah. what's most frustrating about it. But yeah, so um, I, I got I got I, some, uh, some silver linings or some not-so-silver linings for you guys. But uh, around the league, the Lightning and the uh, Blackhawks went to overtime. The Lightning got the three-two wins. So that's kind of weird because once again, Chicago gets another point. They just they they claw in the games and they stay in them. Mm-hmm. But and the then, Blue Jackets beat the Stars three-two in regulation. That's what I was getting ready. That's what I was <laughs> the Stars are the Stars are are I don't they are a mess right now as well. Um, that's another thing about the Preds though. Right now is they lose they lose in regulation. They don't even figure out a way to get a point. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. I know that I know. No, I realize that it's it sucks to lose no matter what, and sometimes those shootout losses sting even more. But when you're looking at the standings, I'm sorry, the Preds have all their losses are in regulation, and it's mm-hmm. like not even getting those extra points every now and then, at least getting it to overtime before you lose, is playing a big factor into where they're at in the standings. Now, does yeah. it really matter in the in the grand scheme of things? Do we are we still a team that needs to rebuild no matter what? Probably. Yeah. But that yeah. is why they are where they are in the standings. That's why they're so far down. Is yeah. they're not they're taking when they're taking losses, they're losing in regulation. They're not even getting into overtime. So yeah. Yeah. they're not even getting they're, that point. Yeah, they're like four games. Like they've only played 17 games. They've got they've got 16 points. Um 
And then like the Predators have 20 now. They're nine points out of the fourth place. So yeah. Stuff. Dallas will Dallas will pull out of it though. When we we play them when Monday? Yeah. Is that about when they'll probably pull out of their slump? Dallas will <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, just just some numbers that do stick out. I mean, Forsberg had another three-point game, a goal and assist, and two assists, I should say. Um Arvidsson put up three assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Colin was uh, saying how Arvidsson was a man on a mission tonight. Uh, he had three assists in the game. So um, other than that, though, it's hard to really find a lot of bright spots. You know, of course, Eckholm got another goal. Sisson's got a goal finally. Johansson finally uh, got a goal. His first goal of the season. How pathetic is that? That's How amazing. Is that? That's amazing. 23 he, games. Now, Johansson's, Johansson's never been a big goal scorer in his career. He's always kind of finished around – 14, 15 but goals. The, the points season. aren't even there, though. That's what's frustrating. But the points aren't there, or the yeah. the impact. Now, yeah. Let's let's leave points out of it. He's not impacting the game at all when he's in. Really, he's like a ghost out there, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you don't even know he's yeah. out there. So um, rough stuff for sure. But um, we yeah. kind of knew this was coming, right? Like, I mean, we 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 could we we can't be too shocked about what's happening. But. Um, there's no rest here. There's no rest. Yeah. I mean, the schedule has no has no rest. This is a really tough tough division, um, as a lot of the divisions are. I mean, this is the format you're in. You don't like during a normal 82 game season, you could be going through a really tough slump and get a couple out of conference games where you play a couple weak teams. You know, where you can maybe get your feet under you a little bit. Maybe you can get that winning. You know those winning vibes back. And for us, it's been against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I got news for everyone. We don't play the Blue Jackets till May. We only had nope. two more games against them. So that ship nope. has sailed. Well, so, what's, um, what's really brutal is you look at our schedule and we have Saturday play the, the Panthers again, yep. but then back to back, we're going, we're playing the Dallas Stars on Sunday. And, yep. and that's, okay. we got to travel after the game on Saturday to Dallas to go play Dallas. So that's going to be a, a I saw somewhere. Place. I saw somewhere where the Dallas Stars have to play 40 games in 70 nights because of all the postponements they've had. So I just don't see how the Stars – I don't see how the Stars are going to maneuver through all that. If they somehow get into the playoffs through that kind of a brutal, condensed type of schedule, I will have to just tip my cap to them as much as I can't stand them. I'll have to tip my cap to them and be like, hey, you are a battle-tested team and – yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's insane. That. 40, 40 games in 70 nights in that's hockey insane. is, that's just, yeah. it's hard to wrap your head around something like that. But, yeah. um, so the, yeah. So the Preds, they, they, I, I guess we have the Red Wings still behind us. I guess we have that to hope for. But, uh, yeah, the well, Preds, that's, that's, that's not till the 23rd, though. And that's, you know, we know that's not a guarantee now. So, not a when it comes really. down to it, re- when it comes down to it, really, what what does it matter where you finish in that bottom four? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, not, yeah, you don't want to finish four. in last place. Yeah, you don't want to finish in last place. But it's like, what does it, in, in the end? I'm not saying tank. I, I don't believe in tanking. No, no, no I can't. These fans not. who come out here and say let's tank. I have I have a buddy who's a diehard uh, San Francisco 49ers fan. No, switch sports on you. But he always says, up until they got good and went to the Super Bowl recently, he he would always say, "Oh, I hope we lose today so we can get a better draft pick." I'm like, "You're not a true fan." Well, I'm an Arizona Cardinals like, fan, and I hope they lose every day. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> you got JJ Watt though. Very Colin excited about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so that was hey, 
if we're going to talk about that, there's plenty more places where I would be more upset he went to over Arizona. So I'm happy for that. I like Kyler Murray. I like I like the Cardinals. I have no problems with the Cardinals. Yeah. JJ Watt is no longer in the AFC South as a Titans fan. I can <laughs> rejoice. I can be happy. He cannot terrorize my quarterbacks anymore. So uh, JJ Watt, you go have fun in the desert. I'm happy you're out there. But um, but anyway, but yeah. So God, we got off track there. But um, that's all right. But yeah, so Preds, they, I think at this point, you just want to get as much development as you can out of your out of your prospects, and you also w- want to see GM David Poyle go to work one more time. Maybe he has some tricks up his sleeve. Maybe he can pull something off we don't see coming. Maybe he can pull off a trade where we get more in return than we would expect to get. You don't know. He's a very smart guy. He's been doing this for a long time. Maybe he has some tricks up his sleeve. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Those are my two optimistic beliefs in this team for the rest of the season. Get the get some development for your prospects who should be getting as much ice time as possible and see David Poyle work his magic one more time and pull off some deals. We thought we were going to see some some uh, younger players play tonight, but that wound up not happening. Yeah. And like, we're just, it's like, yeah, it's like we're just waiting. We're just waiting for the announcements to start. I mean, I well, know, I know we're a few weeks out. You know, they they have that two, you know, that two week period before the twelfth that they need to start in case people need to quarantine or whatever. But I mean, it's like you're just waiting any day now. Stuff's going to start rolling in, and then I want to see them play. Rim Pitlick. I want to see, you know, I want to see Carrier put in. I want, I want to see that, and they need to start doing that. I don't, Looking, I don't know. So Pit, so Pitlick's on the taxi squad now. Jeremy Davies is on the taxi yeah, squad. Yeah, I saw now. that today. Yeah. When you look at the the call ups to the taxi squad, it looks like it might be coming soon because yeah, those guys are those guys are there. And, and I think that has, like, well, I was going to say, Duchesne might be injured at this point. We don't know because he can come back in the yeah, game. Yeah, I saw so. that. Yeah, and that, yeah. and that, and if you think about it, what you just said is smart because calling up Pitlick because you know how good he was doing in Chicago and they're, they're actually taking him away from, from a team that was playing awesome. So maybe that is the writing on the wall. And that's kind of was, that was kind of my argument earlier when I was saying, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, exactly. people talk, people talk, there's chatter. There's things we don't know that's happening right now. And it could be playing a factor into how some of these players are playing. It really could. I, that's what I see. I'm sorry. I see players on the ice that just seem disengaged. They just do. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense, and I can't connect the dots on it. The only thing I can make sense out of it is that this team has no identity. They're in flux. They know that they're not going to be together as a whole unit in a couple weeks. And so it's hard to get players motivated if you don't have a quote-unquote great coach leading players through such turbulent times, this is the result you're going to get. You're going to get a very inconsistent team that's up and down. And so I don't think any of us are going to confuse John Hines with one of the great coaches in the NHL. And so maybe that's what we're seeing. I don't know. But we also might we also I don't might know what be, else to really say. We also might be seeing the team not executing his plan. I mean, we just don't know. It's like you, you said, we be. don't know. You know, we just – We don't know. We're not in that locker room, but, and we can't climb in those players' yeah. heads. I, 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 I will say one thing. 
I will say though, I'm really ready to see this team do turn into a certain shape. You know? Yeah. yeah. I will say one thing though, as a, you know, if you're a chef and you got ingredients for lasagna, don't try to make me talk. Don't try to make me tacos. That's all you got to right. say about that. Hey man, so. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just, I like lasagna know. and I, I like lasagna and I do like tacos though. So I don't know if that means anything. Are we talking about tacos? I like both, tacos. Now I want a taco. I really don't want to mix them together though. I don't talking mix about, them together. You're right. You were talking about ice cream earlier and then I wanted some ice cream. Now I want some tacos. <laughs> What's the matter? We're, we're we're off the rails, here, man. It's, we're it's off we the rails. <laughs> we're, we got to make the best of a of a situation. Yeah. We do, and so we're about to switch gears here, and because everyone loves some good trivia, everyone thinks that you know you have these trivia nights at restaurants and bars. You have all these different ways to play trivia and stuff, and trivia is a lot of fun. And so we thought we're going to put our Preds trivia knowledge to test here. Each of us came up with a few questions to ask. Ask the crew, and we're going to see if we can get some of these questions right. And so, Rich, how about you lead us off with your questions for me and Colin, your uh, press trivia questions. All right, here we go. Chris Mason, TV analyst Chris Mason, played for four NHL teams, the Nashville Predators, the St. Louis Blues, the Atlanta Thrashers, and the Winnipeg Jets. Which team did he have the most starts for in a single season? Oh, do you have multiple so choice here? The Predators, St. Louis Blues, Atlanta Thrashers, or the Winnipeg Jets? I'm going to say the St. Louis Blues. Chad? I'm going Blues as well. Ding, 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 you win. 61, oh. 61 starts during the 2009-2010 season. Out of, out What's of the most starts he had for the Preds in a season? It was like 51, maybe. Oh, wow. I knew, okay. I knew you all were going to ask that, and I started to put it on here. And I, well, because he, he spent some time with Vokun, though, too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah I, I, looked at, I looked at all the different ones, and I think it was like 51 was the was the. I totally player. forgot that Chris Mason played for the Atlanta Thrashers for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was only – I think he only started uh, – it was like 15 or 20 starts for the Jets. That was toward the end, so. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And Chris Mason is an awesome analyst for Fox Sports Tennessee. Him and Hal Gill are, like, my two favorite guys out of all those guys. They're so funny. Yeah, Chris Mason brings so much knowledge to the game. Uh, Even for casual fans who maybe don't follow the sport religiously, he he breaks it down and makes it so – Easy, easier to understand because hockey is such a com- complex sport. And so uh, Chris Mason is one of the best ever, and we're lucky to have him as a regional uh, broadcaster for the Preds for sure. Okay, you got another one for us, Rich? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. So we know that this is Pecorine's – could be his last season, right? So I know, I know. I hate, you know. Got a little goaltender theme going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so here, here's the, the question and it's multiple choice. How will I react when he retires? Is it, is it a, here it is. Get ready. Is it a, no big deal. B a tap, a tip of the hat for a job well done. C shed a tear or D sob uncontrollably and eat a whole gallon of ice cream. I'm, I'm going D for sure. 
You're definitely going to solve a control. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it's a, that's going to be tough to see. So yeah, yeah it's D. So do you already have your ice question? cream? You already have your ice cream picked out. Like what flavor yeah. and all of that stuff? Yeah, it's probably butter pecan chocolate. I don't okay. know. Whatever. I'm going to eat all of it though. <laughs> all right. Not You're really eat the sure. whole tub. Some funny stuff. I don't know. You're going to eat the whole tub. Huh, probably. I mean, right. Colin enough. ate a whole pint of ice cream tonight. So it, it was. I finished the pint. I finished okay. the pint. I want to clarify. Okay. It was uh, for those that have ever had it. It's Grater's Buckeye Blitz. It was delicious. Yeah. All right. Had had to drown my sorrows. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let, let me give out my let, let me give out my questions. I think they're going to be a little tougher than that. Um, um, I'll be very impressed. I'll be very impressed if 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 either of you guys go two for two. We might be Let's pretty good losers. All right. They are both multiple choice, so you do have a one in four chance on both of these. So you got that going. You got that going for you. All right. We're gonna go with some Preds history here. But you have a chance to get this one right because you're gonna you've heard of all four of these players that you have choices between. Who scored the first hat trick in Preds history? Uh, you've got A, you've got don't hey. Hey, Colin, I see you on your computer over there. You better not be No, cheap. I'm just I'm, I'm trying to think through it. Yeah. No, I'm not. All right, so A, you got A, Scott Hartnell, B, David Legwan, C, Scott Walker, or D, Martin Erat. Scott Walker. All right. Yeah, I think it's Walker. I actually saw that question today, so I think that's who it is. What? <laughs> Sorry. I was you looking at questions. question. I was looking at questions. Where did you see it? I was about to say. I, well, I Googled Preds trivia and was looking for questions. Yeah. Oh, my too, gosh. Actually, you decided. guys are totally cheaters up in here. Did you think right. that I knew? Did you think that I knew off the top right. of my head how many games? So you got it right. <laughs> you, did, you did get it right. It was Scott Walker. He scored the first ever Preds hat trick on December 26, 2000 against the Colorado Avalanche. He had three goals and an assist. Let me go ahead and give you the other first hat tricks for these other three choices. David Legwan didn't have his first hat trick until 2007, which I found kind of surprising. I thought he would have had one sooner. Yeah. Uh, Hartnell had his first hat trick in 2006 against Chicago. And Martin Erat had his first uh, hat trick in 2008, so it was pretty. It was pretty far off there. Uh, all right, bonus question. I'm not going to give bon- multiple choice. It should be easy. Who leads the all time franchise list in hat tricks? <laughs> Come Do on, guys. No. Uh, mm, Is it um, Paul Korea? No. It's not Forsberg, is it? It is Forsberg. He has six. Wow. Oh, wow. Forsberg has six hat tricks, which is crazy. Wow. That's awesome. All right. I got one more really quick, but you got – all right. So, you guys got Scotty Walker right there for the first one there. All right. This one I I think is harder. Which team has the Preds scored the most, most goals against in team history? They scored the most goals against this team. A, the St. Louis Blues, B, the Chicago Blackhawks, C, the Columbus Blue Jackets, or D, the Dallas Stars? C, Columbus Blue Jackets. All right. What about you, Rich? Uh, 
I'm not sure. I'll say Chicago. And Rich gets it right. Nice. I knew they were very close and how many times question. I played them. That is, that is yeah. a trick question because the Preds actually have the most success against the Blue Jackets in history. But uh, the actual list is the, they scored 338 goals against the Blackhawks, 288 goals against the Blue Jackets, so they're second, mm. 275 goals against the Blues, and – I threw the Dallas Stars in there, even though they're actually only ninth most oh, wow. with 212 goals. So, good job, Rich. Rich went two for two against me, Oof. even though I still think he cheated. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. All right, you guys ready right, for Colin, these? Give us, Colin, give us yours. All right, what Predator has the most points in the season? A, David Legwan, B, Paul Correa, C, Philip Forsberg, or D, Shea Weber? Most points. I know that one. You say most points. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Paul Correa. Mm-hmm. I will say, because I'm not sure, I'm going to guess. Shea Weber. I know, Paul Correa. Paul Correa, Paul Chad's Correa. right. Oh, so, ding, ding. Paul, right. Uh, Paul Correa had, let me pull up the stat real quick here. Um, Paul Correa had 85 points in 2005 and 2006. So wow. pretty, pretty solid, solid year for him. Now, going off of that, what season did the National Predators score the most goals in a season? A, 2002-2003. B, 2012-2013. C, 2006-2007. Or D, 2017-2018. Okay, you got to – all right, read this question one more time. This is a tough – this might be the toughest question out of all the ones we have. I think it is. What season did the National Predators score the most goals in a season for the franchise? 2002, 2003, 2003, 2006, 2007, or 2017-2018? Who was um, so 2006 2007? So that who was their leading goal scorer that year? If you can pull that up, that's ooh, I would have yeah, never guessed um, 2006 2007. Let me see, that threw me off. That that one got me, Mike. Um, real quick while we're talking, Mike. Mike Twitter on there put a comment that said, You guys ever get to throw your hat on the ice for one for a hat trick? First off, the seats that I get are so far up, the hat would never make it. <laughs> <clears throat> Second off, hats are very expensive, and there's no way I'm going to throw it out on the ice. That's very fair. Very fair. Good point. Cheer thanks, so Mike Twitter for, thanks, Mike Definitely. Twitter, for uh, commenting on the show. Definitely. I, 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 I can also uh, agree with Rich. I usually don't sit close enough to throw my hat out there, and I really, I'm a hat guy. Like I really yeah. treasure my hats because I'm bald. So, um, that's my hats are kind of like very important to me. So I, I can't, if it was a hat, I didn't care about, I'd probably throw it out there. But for the most part, I care about my Pratt's hats. So, yeah. um, probably not going to throw it out on there, out on the ice, but I also don't sit close enough most of the time. Yeah. The closest I ever got was that Capitals game I went to. And trust me, there weren't any hat tricks being had that night. But I will I, say when you sit, when you sit close 
in a hockey oh. game, it changes everything. It sure does. You really get an idea of how fast these players move, how hard they hit each other. Yep. I mean, it's it, it changes the game so much, and you really respect yep. the game itself when you sit close. It's crazy. I have sat it close uh, a few times, and it's it, it changes everything when you're that yep. close. That the first, the first game I ever went to was uh, it was against the Coyotes. This was back in like. Gosh, that had to be early, early, early 2000s. Um, no hat trick unless you count Jordan Tutu getting in three fights. So that's, I think in that situation, you don't throw a hat on the ice. You throw like a tooth on the ice for the other guy. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have the stats here. So the uh, leading goal scorers that season were actually tied. Uh, it was 27 goals for David Legmon and 27 goals for Jason Arnott. Those were some hard-working teams. Yeah. Yeah. Those mid two, that was right when the when the team was finally starting to get a taste of the playoffs, and fans yep. were starting to think, "Wow, this team can actually make the playoffs and be like a legit team." Young Shea yeah, Weber, so that, yeah, that's when the foundation started being built, right there. Yep, I mean it's crazy to think that's why that's why a lot of fans are having a hard time right now because yep. I mean we're we're kind of going back to you had a little bit of a rough patch there when Barry Trotz left. And yeah. Laviolette came in. The Preds uh, missed the playoffs, you know, a couple times. And that's kind of like what we're going back to. But crazily enough, the Preds really never went into a heavy rebuild at that time. Nope. We're about to find out if we're about to go through a mini rebuild or a heavy rebuild. And that's something that remains to be seen. But we're definitely going through some type of rebuild. I don't think there's any way to avoid that. So – now, we're going to wrap up episode 24 for you of the Catfish and Ice podcast. This is Chad Mitten, your host with Chad, Chad Colin. We really appreciate you listening. Yeah. Do we want to promote the shirt real quick? Yeah. How can I leave I, that out? Yeah. I've got Let's that screen shared for you. Yep. It's up. It's up. All right. So we've been, uh, we're doing a Here collaboration right here for with, all of uh, our viewers. Yep. Yeah, we're doing a collaboration with uh, Fang Fingers by So Nashville. They've been awesome and generous to us to work with us. A uh, portion of the proceeds is going to go to the Greater Nashville United Way's uh, Restore the Dream Fund, which is going to benefit those that are impacted by the Christmas Day bombings. But it's uh, in honor of uh, a few mustaches now because we've got Philip Forsberg, obviously, is the most recognizable one, but uh, Ellie Tolvanen and uh, UC Saros, who we hope is getting well, um, they're also growing mustaches. And a few other guys, I think, on the team are growing mustaches as well. But uh, really excited about this collaboration. We hope you guys will uh, get the shirt, support the team, uh, support the podcast, and uh, shop at uh, Fame Fingers by So Nashville because it's a local national business, uh, in addition to also being generous in what they're doing to donate to uh, United Ways. So really excited about that one. For sure. Yeah, definitely. That shirt, I've already got one myself, and it's that's that's a sharp looking shirt right there. And Stashville, I mean, come on now, growing a mustache and Forsberg's mustache, I mean, you can't yeah, even compete with epic. it. It's like <laughs> perfection. It really is. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, awesome collaboration there with Fang Fingers. Uh, we appreciate them. Go get the shirt. We really appreciate that. It goes to a great cause, and it's a good looking shirt. I mean, yep. you can't have you can't have too many shirts like that. And I think it'll look good. It looks sharp at the game, and we can all start growing our mustaches out. How about that? There's if we that. have the ability to do that, if we go on a winning streak, if we win more, if we win three games in a row, I'll start to do it. Well, what am all I supposed right. to do? I, I have such a I have a mustache where like does that mean I have to shave mine off and, and start over? 
I think if no. we get four, if we get four get four games in a row, let's say let's say this. Okay, let's let's up the ante. We win five games in a row. Do we go no beards, just mustaches? I mean, yeah, I'll do it. Wait, wait, you're asking me to shave my beard off if we win four in a row? Five five games in a row. We'll we'll say that we'll say the bet is five. If we win five games in a row, no beards, straight mustaches. That's a good bet. Cause... I don't know if I can. You're to that? Who? I don't I'm think game. they can win hey. five in a row, so I guess I'll have to take it. Take the bet. Let's just see what happens. It's out there. The universe right. is aware of it. Let's see it. Yep. All right. We have a virtual gentleman's handshake. I will shave my beard off if the Preds win five in a row at any point this season. Wow. There we go. You heard it here, folks. Do Mike I get told- to keep the mustache? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. We yeah, keep you the have mustaches. Have mustache. Yeah. All right. My Twitter says he's witness, right. so we're good. I'll keep yep. the mustache. All right, here we go. So the Preds, you got to win five in a row, and you can just mustache, like motorcycle cop mustaches. Oh yeah, yeah. However you want it, oh. we're all doing it. However all right. you want it. All right, fair enough. All right, so we got a bet. You just heard a awesome bet that we got going on. Preds win five in a row. We're we're gonna rock the mustaches and not have beards on this show. That's a big commitment for me. I love, it, but hey. We got to see if the Preds can win five in a row. I don't think they can do it, but I, that's why I'm taking this bet, honestly. That's but a tall order. We, hey, I'm in it. I'm not going to back out of it. It's a, it's a gentleman's handshake. I'm not going to back out on it. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned yep. for that. So until then, you've listened to the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings, the Hockey Podcast Network. Please check us out later on for episode 25. That will come to you next Monday. Until then, everyone stay safe and keep cheering on the Preds. You got to stick with them through this sometimes because good things are ahead. I think with the new players coming up, good things are ahead. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras in Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast, your Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context. For Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman. And play Be the GM. Finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion.
All right, we're back on the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 24, brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Go get the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code THPN uh, to uh, have a lot of fun on the Sportsbook app. So uh, to round out episode 24, this is Chad Minton, your host, and then we've got an awesome guest coming to you right now, and that's our Milwaukee Admirals correspondent and friend of the show, also a Predlines.com contributor, so he covers the Preds as well. Uh, and that is CJ Wodoshek. How you doing, man? Hey, great to be back, man. I'm doing really good. Awesome. We're well, all right. So you joined us earlier in the season for us. I think you joined us in like episode one or episode two. If yeah, I remember it was correctly. One. Yeah, it's yeah. Been so that you, long. So CJ, CJ is forever in the history books of the Catfish and Ice podcast. He was on episode one. So take that, take that till the end. Cause that, that, Hey, you never know. That might be something that you can really, really carry with you. I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not, but Hey, (laughs) it's fun. I love this. Yeah. I I sit here and talk (laughs) hockey with you guys and, you know, talk up Milwaukee as well. It's no, it's a blast. Yeah, so C- so CJ is uh, joining us today on episode 24 because he knows so much about the Milwaukee Admirals, who is our AHL affiliate, of course. And so having him on the show is just huge. It's like awesome. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Milwaukee Admirals. Of course, the Admirals, as a lot of us know, had to cancel their season. Uh, they were one of, I think, three teams. Am I right, CJ? Three teams in the AHL that had to cancel their uh, season? Yep, that's correct. So uh, it was mainly due to financial concerns, from what I understand, because you got to understand that in the AHL, it's really about people going through the turnstiles and sitting in those seats, buying tickets, buying concessions, buying merchandise. And so, unfortunately, a great Milwaukee Admirals team was not able to have a season this year. And so it brought this unusual partnership where Admirals uh, prospects and Preds prospects had to go play for another team and another organization. And that ended up being the Chicago Wolves, which is affiliated with the Carolina Hurricanes. So it's awesome to have C.J. Wodoshek on with us tonight because he's going to give us some a lot of really awesome info and his perspective on these these prospects that are coming up that are already getting NHL minutes right now for the Preds, as we're seeing, and ones that we could see later on this season because, as we know, it's almost a foregone conclusion that the Predators are about to go through a really big rebuild. They're about to trade off a lot of assets, and they're about to look like a lot different team. So let's dive right in, CJ, if you're ready. You ready, man? Oh, yeah, let's do this. All right, so I got to start off with this. Let's go back to last season and how the season was paused just like it was in the NHL. It happened in all, all over the sports world. It wasn't just hockey. It was all over the sports world due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. And the Admirals were having one of the most dominant seasons I've ever seen in a major professional league, especially in hockey. And they were just dominating. And so I want to get your perspective because you are an Admirals fan first. You are from the area. You follow the team religiously. And I want to get your thoughts just on your initial thoughts when it happened, when the uh, Admirals had to cancel their season and when they when the pause happened last season as well because they were playing so well. 
And then, of course, give us your thoughts on how, uh, when you first learned about how we were going to be lending a lot of your favorite players to another team in the Chicago Wolves. Definitely. So, yeah, at the beginning of it all, yeah, it was just a shock to us um, that we would, you know, kind of end the season like it was because the Milwaukee Admirals were going on, you know, record pace for best points, best win percentage, everything. They were crushing records left and right. Uh, Coach Carl, I believe this was his second year with us, and he just turned a team around uh, for a couple of years ago. You know, we were in the middle of the pack, but now we're just dominant. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, like I said, it was uh, just upsetting. But uh, the biggest thing is, you know, when it comes to the financials of why we had to quit the season for this year um, was, I believe there's nine teams now that are not owned by their affiliate. So Predators and Milwaukee is one of them. So Milwaukee basically is owned by the county of Milwaukee. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's why we had to kind of cancel this season this year. We just, like I said, we didn't have the funds for it. And it was just the right idea for the organization here. Interesting. Um, And it was, yeah, it was really interesting. So then, yeah, the Wolves basically picked us up. And it's crazy because the Wolves are one of our biggest rivalries uh i <laughs> yeah, remember going milwaukee, on... so geographically speaking you got milwaukee and chicago are very close together so you already got the geographical rivalry and down here in nashville we probably don't understand that rivalry because even though we know the milwaukee admirals and we love the milwaukee admirals there's a lot of people that probably don't follow the ahl as closely as definitely as you do and so that's a big rivalry and so to be lending players your own players to a rival team is just, it, it doesn't get more much more strange than that. Definitely. And the Wolves, I feel bad for them too. They've been jumping around from team to team for the last couple of years. Uh, a couple of years ago, they were owned by the Vegas Golden Knights. Now this year it's the Hurricane. So it's weird that, yeah, they're the two organizations are in the same uh, division playing against each other. Yeah. And in the AHL, they're playing as teammates. It's really yeah. crazy. Um, I was watching a... Uh, a interview that John Greenberg, the president of the, uh, the admirals, pardon me. Uh, he was talking with Anthony Richard and he was just like, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but it was really nice. It was actually refreshing because they get to play with these new guys and they get to learn a different system uh, being the hurricane kind of. Um, I wished coach Carl would be down here helping him, but it sounds like he, I think he's up with uh, you guys in or down with you guys in Nashville yeah. doing some of the coaching, but uh, yeah, coach Carl can't talk enough about him he is just amazing what he's done before here he was with the stars in the ahl and he took them uh i think to the calder cup twice if i recall but at least once i know for a fact so this guy he's a great coach great players coach he creates a locker room chemistry that's amazing um and that's something that we've had here for like i said the last two years with him underneath us is just a really great team with great chemistry and all these younger guys coming up, it makes me feel like we're back in the early 2000 or 2010 era when yeah. we had like Arvidsson and Forsberg and Ekholm and all these guys here. Like you could just feel the chemistry work, and it was fantastic. Yeah, just just to think about how. So just to think about those players that are so big on the Preds now and have been a big part of the Preds, and you got to watch those players like Arvidsson play for the Admirals. I mean that's that's really how it breaks down is I mean these these players they don't just they just even though they have all this talent when they get drafted they don't just wake up out of nowhere and and they're elite NHL players or even serviceable NHL players it's very very hard 
to make that long journey to the NHL. And so CJ follows the Admirals, and that's 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 like the last step you get to before you get to the NHL. Am I correct? And then in the NHL, pretty much, yeah. It's the if you prove yourself, if you put in the minutes, you know, do what your coach asks of you. You know, you're going to get that reward of going to the NHL, and you know that's everyone's hope here in uh, Milwaukee. And you know, we've had the I'll say unfortunate kind of side of it where we've had so much good talent up in Nashville where the guys have been here for so long. Um, yeah. you know, they're starting to reach 24, 25 years old for some of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, when are they going to get their chance? When are they going to go up into the NHL? Like, I want to see this new era start almost, you know, still want us to succeed of course with Nashville, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, all right, we have guys here. They're good. They're ready. Yeah. It, it's kind of an awkward situation to be in as a, uh, as an uh, Admirals fan or an AHL fan, is you don't want to see your players taken, but at the same time, if your players are taken to the NHL side, that means your team's most likely doing pretty well. And that's kind of been the case for the Admirals. They've been amazing. So with the Chicago Wolves, they just took their first loss of the season. I just looked it up. So they're 8-1 and one on the season. We're not going to get heavily invested in the Chicago Wolves because the Admirals are coming back, <laughs> but it is this odd season, and you, you do want to see – those Preds prospects do well, of course. And so that leads me to what I want to throw at you next, CJ, which is I really want you to name some prospect, some prospects that you figure will return to Milwaukee um, and when Milwaukee Admirals play in the next season. Uh, and just maybe some guys that are, that are really on your radar that maybe aren't quite ready to make that full-time jump to the NHL but you think they're going to maybe be a big part of the Admirals going into next season when the Admirals uh, return to the ice. Definitely. So right away, right off the contract side of things, it does look like we still have a guy that I'm actually really excited to see is Igor Afanasyev. I think that's how you say yeah. his last name. Afanasyev, um, actually. Afanasyev. Yes. And I'll get to know it as soon as they get it's here. All good, yeah. but, it's uh, all good, yeah. Like, he's a guy that I've been watching. He's been doing really good. Um, let's see here. If we're looking at just other names under contract, yeah, a yeah, lot Afin- of guys are still under RFA for next year. Yeah, often I've uh, got a lot, got some time in the uh, in the World Juniors this past year, and he also got some time uh, in the KHL. So a lot of people are really excited about Afanasiev, and he's going to be all over everyone's radar if he gets some time in Milwaukee for sure. Like, I mean, he's going to be a big time player for you for you guys if if he can get some 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 a lot of games uh, with admirals. Definitely. And I mean, there's, a, there's always these guys that we're rooting for too, that they're probably not going to be maybe not even ready for next year, but at least in a couple of years, like uh grant mismatch. Great name, okay. by the way, that's so much yeah. fun to say him. And he's still in college, I believe uh, currently. Uh, but some guys that are probably not going to make that leap next year that they, they could probably, you know, could taste it. They could maybe get that call up next year. Guys like Thomas Novak, he's been killing yeah. it down in uh, uh, the Wolves. I almost said Admirals. I'm so used to just saying that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been doing really good. Uh, let me see if I can bring up his stats really quick here, what he's been doing. What are you thinking about uh, about Allard, Frederick Allard? Freddie Allard, that, he's smooth. Like He is so much fun to watch up here. It's him and Carrie. They always run together. Yeah. And that's another name I'm going to get into here in a little bit that I am livid that he's not getting more starting minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's got a nice release on his shot. He's not taking as many shots this year, um, which is kind of weird for him. 
but you know, through five games played, he's got six assists. So he's, you know, passing the puck. He's always on the power play, at least in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, he's going to we'll, be a guy that will be called up probably next year. If not, I will be livid because he definitely. And an, another job. thing to take into account is, uh, I mean, you're asking these prospects to go into a weird situation. They're basically being going to another team temporarily, and they're having to acclimate themselves. It, it's got to be an odd situation for those players who have played all those minutes for Milwaukee, and now you're asking them to go play for another team temporarily. They're not traded. They're not, it's not a permanent situation. It's, it's gotta be a really weird dynamic for those, for those players who haven't gotten called up to the Preds yet, or they're pretty much staying down with Chicago like Rem Pitlick. And uh, it's gotta be a weird dynamic. It really does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was uh, guys I was looking up before, like a long time ago, like when they got traded for like the first time they said like, Oh yeah. I remember, looking to go for a pass and the guy's not there like because you're so used to a different system so yeah i definitely have to agree it's got to be different to look over and see a wolves player next to you hoping that he's going to be there playing with you but kind of going back to uh anthony richard's quote yeah he's he's actually been enjoying it he's been liking the different chemistry and the different feel of it all um and that's gonna be another guy too i really am praying that he gets his chance again anthony richard uh he was called up last year too Mm -hmm. um and he's to me, he's another. He's going to be a Rocco Grimaldi. You, like, right. People are going to love him in Nashville. He's 110 percent every shift. He's a little bit taller than, him, but man, he he goes into corners for pucks. He throws okay. himself just. Oh, I love him. I could not. I could just sit here and talk him up all day. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. I feel like where the Preds are heading right now, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for these these types of players like Richard. To, to hey, if they prove it in the on the AHL level, or if they've already proven it, they're going to be all over the radars right now for the for the Preds on the NHL level. And I'm not just talking about next season; I'm talking about the season we're in right now. There's plenty of opportunities, and that's kind of where where I'm at with it. I know I know I know the Preds' ceiling, and I know it's not very high. Their ceiling for me isn't even a playoff spot this season. Their ceiling is maybe they make it interesting going into the last couple of weeks. They get us a little bit excited, and maybe they come up just short of making the playoffs. That's literally my ceiling for them. So I want to see these prospects get in, the prospects you know all about, CJ, which is why you're on tonight for episode 24 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. That's why you're on. And so let me go into my next question, and I want you to kind of tell us about some of the prospects that we have seen on the NHL level this season so far. Uh, Tanner Janot, uh, Carrier, who he, he only got in one game, and we just found out right before we started f- filming tonight that uh, Carrier went right back to the taxi squad. It was it was surprising to me. I was actually talking about it all day how excited how excited I was to see Carrier get more uh, consistent minutes on the NHL level because he's never been invested in. Uh, and then also Rim Pitlick. Uh, let me, before I before I let you answer that though, CJ, I really let me give uh, our listeners. Kind of some uh, quick stats on Carrier. He's been with Milwaukee for four seasons now, basically. Four full seasons. Uh, playing 70-plus games. This guy's got some AHL experience under his belt. Like, he's he's got the longevity. He's got – he's proven that he's in one of the best leagues out there with the exception of the NHL. He's, he's – he's, so, he's obviously not a scrub. Like, the guy can play. 
And so he's got 276 games of uh, AHL experience. Uh, his last two seasons in Milwaukee, he was the associate captain for the Milwaukee Admirals. In that time, he's got 20 goals, 121 assists. 121 assists mm-hmm. as a defenseman in the AHL on a really good Milwaukee Admirals team. The guy can play, and I can't figure out why the Preds won't invest in him. I get that there's been a log jam with defensemen, but clearly it's not working right now. And so seeing him go back to the taxi squad tonight just threw me off. So I know I've just threw a lot at you there, CJ, and I know you're about to um, – <laughs> CJ's like fuming over there. I can see him in his little <sighs> box over there. He's like fuming. So I'm going to let CJ uh, kind of unpack that loaded question I just threw at threw at him. Uh, give us some of your thoughts on Tanner Janot, obviously Alexander Carrier, and even Rim Pitlick because a lot of people are excited about Rim Pitlick. Definitely. And some of these guys are still kind of new to the team as far as like uh, Rem Pitlick because I think this would would have been his second year with the Admirals. Yeah. Uh, but first off, yeah, the, I got to blow my top livid for Carrier not getting his two cents or this this is his time tonight. Like I was really hoping for it. But uh, the guy is just a beautiful two way skater. He knows when to attack, when to fall back on defense. I really kind of uh, image his game around like uh, Matias at home. Okay. It's really just smooth. And, he know, like I said, knows when to get there and attack and. Yeah, like you said, 120-plus assists, that's no joke. Like, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to play. He deserves more minutes. Um, like you said, I don't know why. Anywho, um, some other guys, too. Yeah, so the Tanner Janot, he was really hot this year. He started off first in the ECHL with the Florida Everblades. Yeah. Um, had five games played, six points, uh, three goals. Then he got called up to the Wolves, had another just six games just outstanding went uh, three goals, eight points on the power play, scored a goal and a shorthanded goal too. And that's some been some fun we've been seeing here with him and uh, Rem Pitlick both have shorthanded goals this year. So both are seeing good defensive time and offensive time, and they're both excelling and doing really good at it. So I think Tanner Janot got the call up this time just because mm-hmm. he's really been proving it. Um, yeah. And he's been playing longer than most of these guys too, uh, at least this year. For uh, Rem Pitlick, yeah, he is just – I just go across his stats right now. He's got eight goals in eight games played, ten points. He's got two more assists, uh, plus ten on the board for the plus minus, even though it's eh, – whatever. Yeah. Um, his shooting percentage right now is 44%. Yeah, I saw that too. Now, oh, obviously, man. Hey, let, let's go ahead and say this right now. That's obviously a little bit inflated. That's going to come back down to reality a little bit. But, um, right, but that's just beautiful. What it tells it, you, it, what it tells you is he's pretty much dominating right now at this level, and it's time to let him see what he can do on the NHL level. <laughs> is what I see out of that. But he's also on a really good team. Let's let's take that into account. He's on a, a loaded team. I mean, a lot of people probably in the AHL circles probably feel like it's a little unfair that Chicago got to stack their roster like they did with players from the Milwaukee Admirals, who arguably should have won the real life. Calder Cup if the season didn't get stopped. So uh, there was teams saying that they were scared to see the Admirals going deep into the playoffs. Like the other AHL teams were just like, just give the cup to them because they are going to dominate. But so so it is very unfair how you have the superstars of the (laughs) the Hurricanes and our superstars playing together. Yeah, Yeah, it's 
It's, so we had some crazy. we had some pretty big transaction news dropped like right before we went on air for episode twenty four tonight, and that was, I mean, the Preds dumped a lot of a lot of different notes that we're gonna that that we've already kind of talked about in episode twenty four tonight, but. In terms of this segment, the big one was Pitlick got called up to the taxi squad, as did Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies is on the taxi squad now. And then uh, Carrier, to the dismay of both of us, myself and CJ, went back to the taxi squad. I was spending all day. I looked at the projected lineups, which they release all the time. And I know they're projected. That's the key word. But (laughs) the projected lineups was, was hinting at Yossi pairing with Carrier. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, I'm intrigued by that. Like, because you got Carrier who you want to, now's the time to see what you have out of him. That's how I truly feel about it. The guy's proven it on the AHL level. And so I was very intrigued to see him play with such a skilled player like Yossi and see what we get out of it. But I mean, I, Preds management didn't see it that way. Um, I guess, like you said, Mark Borowiecki is coming back into the lineup. And so um, that that is what it is. But I'm going to go into my last question here for you, CJ. Uh, and sure. it's going to kind of round out this segment. Again, I'm joined by CJ Wodoshek, who is our Milwaukee Admirals correspondent. He also writes for Predlines.com, so he covers the Preds as well. He kind of He kind of covers both sides of it, but he's very much knowledgeable on our prospects and the future of this franchise. So he is a very good guest for us to have, and we're going to have him on future episodes as well. So my last question for you, CJ, what's been your overall thoughts on the prospects that have logged ice time for the Preds this season? Cause we've seen plenty of guys. Yeah, we've seen uh, Olivier. Yeah. He got the call up and I think it's because we need a little bit more grit in the game. We need someone yeah. to get up there and, you know, throw fists and chew bubblegum and he normally runs out of bubblegum. Uh, he in Milwaukee, yeah, he was the go-to guy. As soon as uh, Tenorti got called up, the question was, all right, who's going to be the guy that stands up for people? And Olivier, yeah, he rung the bell. He came up, started throwing fists and he is just, but what's nice about him too is like, I was kind of comparing him to like an Austin Watson at one point, mm-hmm. like, all right, he can get up there. He can throw the fists around but Olivier, I feel, had a little bit more touch. Like, I feel like yeah. he could get in front of the net more and score a little bit more. So I think with more ice time, more playing time, which these guys definitely need, um, you know, I kind of want to go into that too, where, you know, Tanner Janot got six minutes before he got sent back to the, the AHL. I think that's what it was. You know, that's upsetting. Like, six minutes, you can't really do enough. You can't really prove enough. It's nice to get the no, taste. Of course not. For guys like uh, Olivier, who's now getting the minutes, it's like, okay, you can see him start to get better. Mm-hmm. He's transitioning a little bit better, and that's the next step that these guys can take. Um, another name that is still is floating around up there but hasn't really been brought up a lot is Trennan. Um, in Milwaukee, he was killing it. Uh, I think Coach Carl just knew exactly what his strengths were, played to his strengths, and he was killing it down here. Um, so I really hope he can figure it out, get back into the lineup a little bit more, and put some points up on the board. If not put points up, but just – play smart, play the right things, do the right things and make yourself notice to keep getting minutes and getting more minutes. Mm. Um, and another person too, of course, who I guess is no longer in Milwaukee, I guess we'll say after this is Ely Tolvin. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's here to watch stay. him grow. Watch he's, him he's grow. He's here to stay though. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not going anywhere. Fun. 
Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, it, especially now he's got two. I think it's power play goals, if not just two goals. I know he's got. But, I know he's got three goals on the season, and his two goals that he scored on the power play were products of being in the right place and doing that lethal shot that he has, where the goaltender basically is dead to rights and has no chance. Right, and to say last year he was leading, I think the AHL for at least shots on goal, and like he was crushing it, and yeah. but he just wasn't getting the goals. And that's that next step. You get that confidence level. Mm-hmm. You start seeing him grow a little bit more. That slap shot becomes, or yeah, snapshot becomes you better, him and with, better. You, so. And you put him with a player like Philip Forsberg on the power play unit, you're going to get good things. I'm sorry. like So I think that's there, there's very few things I, I really like that the Preds coaching staff has done this season. Like all I need is one hand to count the things I like the Preds coaching staff has, has done this season. <laughs> but one of them I will give them credit for, and I will tip my cat on, my cap on is that they have put together Ellie Tolvanen and Philip Forsberg on the power play. Cause that is a match made in heaven. I think those two can feed off each other. Their, their, their ability to score to, to get those shots on goal on a power play unit is just deadly. And I think it's something that you could set up for the future. So he's going to be that like, guy too. You're going to love see that him. development. I love that development out of all this is Ellie, the match of Ellie Tolvanen and Forsberg, and also with Mikel Granlund being on that line as well, if Granlund does stick around past the trade deadline. That's a whole other yeah. discussion. Well, we'll see. Do, that's, that's another thing that comes into play, too. Yeah, yeah. who even sticks. Yeah, who but I do like that up, line, so. though. For as long as they have it, for as long as they have it, that Tolvanen, Forsberg, Granlund line, I really do like that. So, um, so yeah, so we, got, we, we have a lot to really be excited about when it comes to our prospects. I think we do have a lot of uh, good things. I don't think the prospects that have played this season have been the problem at all. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's the reason why this team is struggling at all. I think this team's struggling because of a mixture of uh, bad coaching, bad offseason moves, and just players that are signed to big contracts not living up to their potentials for whatever reason. Those three things combined together is a bad combination, and so that's where you see the Preds. I'm definitely not going to pin it on the prospects. I think the prospects have brought everything they can bring to keep this team to where they are, which is uh, 10 and 12 on the season. So Definitely. That, I'm a person that is. loves chemistry, and you have to create this chemistry. And the thing with the guys that they brought in for the retooling this year, they were all from different teams. They're all different mm-hmm. people. And they're still trying to find that chemistry. They're still trying to figure out how it works. Yes, they're you know NHL superstars. They should figure it out. But at the same time, the prospects that are getting called up, they know each other. They've been playing with each other for a couple of years. They have their own chemistry. And I really hope that Coach Hines, if he sticks around with us, can realize that chemistry and feed off of it and let them kind of develop to continue to grow. Um, you know, another guy that we didn't even cover was uh, Jeremy Davies. Yeah, with his call up, I'm really like I, I have to shape my beard for it. Normally, I'd be like, "Hmm, for him," but last year he was racking up penalties left and right. He looked lost on the ice, in my opinion. Um, this year, he is right now leading team uh, the Wolves for shots on goal with 24, nine assists in nine games, 10, you know, plus 10, and only has six penalty minutes. So I'm like, I'm really hoping maybe he's turning the corner too. So now. We have all these different, once again, prospects in all these different areas that just waiting for their chance. So, hey, And the Preds have plenty of options, and I don't think they're going to have a choice. They're going to have to test a lot of these waters because I do think that we're about to see a lot of chips fall. I think we're about to see a lot of players 
dealt off, which we've talked about in previous episodes. So, uh, CJ, thank you so much, man, for joining us on episode 24 of the Catfish on Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. CJ, stay strong up there in Milwaukee. How's the, how's the weather? Is it getting is it getting a little warmer up there, or are you still uh, stuck in the uh, the doom of winter up in uh, Wisconsin? Well, see, Wisconsin's weird. When you start thinking that spring is coming, all of a sudden it changes and you get winter too. So okay. there's like yeah. a whole chart winter that you have to follow. Yeah, winter too. Weird. Like you'll be yeah. sitting in 40s like, yeah, it's time to grill. And then all of a sudden next week it's negative 10 again. That's yeah, It is what That's it is. Right. That's all right. I hear your summers are still really good up there. So Yeah, they're pretty muggy too. They're but, short, uh, but they're, they're short, but they're pretty good. Oh, yeah. You love the summers. All right. But uh, just remember one thing too. Change isn't a bad thing. We have a great team down here, and they are waiting to come up and prove to you guys in Nashville that, hey, we can win. We can do uh, pretty dang good things when we get up there. I th- so, I th- Hey, the way CJ just uh, ended episode 24 is perfect. That's how we're going to end it. Uh, change is a good thing. CJ said it just right just now. So that is how we're going to end episode 24 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Go to the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. And we will see you later on uh, for episode 25. So stay tuned. Until then, everyone stay safe and take care. Take care.